Hi. Welcome to this episode on the subreddit r slash malicious compliance. Please enjoy. Follow the training material to the letter, no exceptions. Story by Minateshi. Backstory. So this goes back a fair few years. Whilst working for a call center, we heard a buzz about a big new client coming on board which was going to be outsourcing their in-house support. Naturally, it was a great opportunity for me since I was a pretty tech-capable guy. Troubleshooting and support were natural to me since growing up, I was always around tech products, etc., and got the job moving to a more senior role providing second-level support alongside assisting the training department. Whilst I did want to be moved to training since it would be a better use of my time, I didn't mind second-level support. I was good at my job and cleared my workload quite easily so I could be left alone. During my downtime, I would make installation diagrams for first-level staff for reference which was saved on a personal USB since it wasn't authorized by our client and never would be. It didn't matter to me since it made my job easier. Over the coming months, more people started relying on my diagrams, including the training department so I decided to create a subdomain on my site and host an interactive version which was basic but it worked. You got to select your equipment and what services you needed and it would give you a full breakdown which cut down my workload significantly. Since it wasn't sanctioned by the client, I didn't want to make it known that it was being used in work link through to an external site so I created a new HTML file within a frame embedded which was stored on a shared drive which every member of the first, second and training lines could access. This meant the actual URL now was external but wasn't visible. It was crude but it didn't matter since no one in those days knew much about finding URLs. It became so successful, that it got rolled out as part of the system's training. The training department assumed it all came from the client and because of turnover, they never really questioned it. Now since it became part of the training structure, it really made it more valuable. Since the client doesn't get involved in training, the content is of no relevance to them, only results. During my downtime, I'd redo some with clearer guides and update photos with the latest products so our staff could see exactly where connections and buttons were. For a few years, everything was great, pay was mediocre but the environment was good and I got comfy till we got called to a meeting, everyone. Our client has decided that as a company, our rates were not in line with their requirements and looking to outsource to another country and we will be made redundant. Personally, for me it was great since the payout was based on years of service, however, the training team is no longer needed alongside the second level so my time was up sooner rather than later. I got called into a second meeting and told that I will be handling the training at a higher rate of pay but must follow the training guide to the letter. Whilst I was introduced in training to new starters and helped them during that time, I had to sit and go through all the material which was 80% all based on the system and guides I had built. I tried to explain to my line manager and client that the main bulk of the training wasn't actually supplied and not sanctioned but no one seemed interested. I was met with a cold the training packs have been a vital part of your company's ethos so you should have no problem in making it work so I did. Since everything in the shared folders RN was going to be passed over to the new support center, so was my localized HTML file. The new office was trained, and the first, second, and training departments were all primed and signed off ready to take over so we moved to provide 80% of the workload to them whilst we were in this transition. Shortly after, things were going great, I was put in charge of a small team who elected to stay on while we completed the handover till I got called into a meeting. My services will no longer be needed and I will be offered an earlier redundancy however before doing so, I need to ensure that I sign a data protection form to ensure the company's secrets are protected and any content would need to be deleted or destroyed. I explained that part of the core training pack was not provided by the client and generated in-house by myself. This wasn't good enough or deemed to be acceptable so since I was being paid an early redundancy, I decided it wasn't worth the fight since they were no longer a client of ours. 
Naturally, I left and shortly after moved to a new branch locally and kept in touch with some of the staff who had been placed elsewhere. The client had moved on and things seemed to be okay. No big deal. During that time, I got an email from my domain and hosting provider that they are increasing their prices so I decided I wasn't going to bother to renew and let my domain expire. After all, it was more just because it interested me in building and hosting a website. A few days later I caught up with one of the staff who got kept on and couldn't stop laughing. That 80% part of the training pack resource was no longer online. The content couldn't be loaded or found anywhere. The ex-client wasn't happy that they have a whole call center that cannot provide the same if any support because the systems cannot load. I was lazy and backing up things was always low on my to-do list so everything I had built was gone. Needless to say, the ex-client was in a right mess and now would have to essentially rehire everyone they could. However, the company I work for had already let many members go or replace the offices with new clients. I was contacted pretty swiftly to be rehired back which I would have accepted for a higher rate of payment mainly because it was my work initially which is the main reason why the entire campaign worked so well. It was instantly refused, so it was pretty much cut and dry for me. It took the company about 6 months of hell to get back to a somewhat acceptable standard and after that, dissolved the outsourced call center again and possibly went to stalk some more prey. Shame really. TLDR built a system hosted externally which ended up being the holy grail for our tech support till the client pulled our plug and requested I remove slash destroy anything related to them to protect their brand slash product slash business. Don't pull the car in too tight to the side. You got it, honey. Story by Dabuba. This is a double whammy that backfired on my wife. Sweet sweet compliance. So there are a few background details to note here. We have a two-car garage and typically only use the one parked on the left. My wife always drives so I am the one who needs to help my oldest daughter into her car seat on the passenger side and fish her out of the car seat when we arrive home, as well as squeeze through my door to get in and out of the car, which isn't easy since we butt right up against our second car parked on the right. My daughter and I have both gotten used to the tight space, but getting her out can sometimes be a big pain, as can climbing out of the front seat. When I drive on an occasional solo errand, I try to park as closely on the left side of the garage as possible to leave space on the other end for me and my daughter the next time we go anywhere. My wife hates this because she can't just back right out of the garage without risking hitting the mirror, it requires some maneuvering, but nothing too difficult, so she is always harping on me to pull straight in. When I am texting or researching something on my phone, it takes a lot to break my focus. Like a lot. So often I'll find myself typing a message in a group chat and I'll all of a sudden realize my daughter said my name four or five times and I hadn't realized it until right then. My wife, rightly, gets super annoyed by this and asks for me to put my phone away during things like meals, bath time, etc. Vailp, the stars aligned one fateful evening a few weeks back. We took our kids to meet up with some friends and their son at a restaurant with an outdoor space for games like cornhole and ping pong that the kids can play before or after dinner so parents can have some drinks and chat child-free. I happily act as DD so my wife can have a few of drinks, she does not drink all that often, and she proceeds to get her pretty drunk. The evening wraps up, we head to the car and I hop in the driver's seat. Cue malicious compliance, as we pull into the garage, I can almost feel her watching me making sure that I pull straight in, so I oblige, and even exaggerate a bit so she can see how tight it can be. I cannot wait to hear her complain about how close the other car is on her side, but as I hop out she's finishing up texting or sending an email or something, so I open the door on my side and let both kids climb out that way while she's wrapping up. Accidental double whammy MC, kids run in to get in the bath, I throw my wallet, keys, and phone on the side table next to the door to the garage and take them upstairs to wash up. 
I'm eagerly awaiting her coming up to complain about how tight it was on the passenger side, but five or ten minutes pass and I hear nothing from her. All of a sudden, the door slams and she shouts my name in frustration from downstairs. I tell her to come up to talk to me as the kids are in the bath and I don't want to leave them alone. She walks upstairs and she's filthy, black streaks all across her hands, arms, pants, and shirt. I give her a look like? Stifling a laugh until I hear what happened. Apparently, she, for the same reason that she parks the main car close to the center, to make pulling out easier, parked the other car so close to the middle that she didn't even have enough room to open the passenger door. I hadn't noticed this because the kids both got out on my, driver, side. So she tried texting me slash calling me to move the car so she has more room but I didn't have my phone on me. So after growing impatient with me not answering my phone, she decided to climb over the massive and awkward center console while wearing shoes with a fairly large heel, which ended with her drunkenly falling out of the car onto the horribly dirty garage floor. I still try to keep my phone out of my hands during family times, but I'll be damned if I ever hear her complain about me parking too close to the side in the garage again. You have decided to fire me because I was in the hospital? Miss your wedding dinner tasting then. Story by Like Hawaii. Compulsory English is not my first language but feel free to nitpick on grammar. This happened when I just graduated from uni. I had my main job over the weekend which paid the living and a side job at a large mobile phone slash broadband selling company, basically retail but with phones. The shop was located inside a larger retail store as an island in the middle and of course, a lot of people didn't know about it and didn't exactly visit our store to buy a contract or upgrade. Instead, they would go to the store on the high street which was a lot nicer and bigger compared to our island. A few important details about the store. The working times usually are 9 till 20 hundred hours on the weekdays. Tills have to be shut at 8 p.m., otherwise, it causes issues with accounting. Stuff members, unless they are warehouse, cannot stay past 8.10 to 8.15 due to insurance reasons and only the managers can lock the store up. Warehouse can stay later and they have their own exit, however, it cannot be used by those who are not working in the warehouse. When you start slash finish you have to put the times in a special machine which compares them to your rota, same when you go for lunch. If you finish earlier than you are scheduled, then the machine will automatically put it as unauthorized absence. The other option is putting it as sick. You cannot take holiday on the day and the times of the rota cannot be changed on the day either. So you cannot put someone as starting at 9 and change the same day as to starting at 10 as it wouldn't allow you to. If you forgot to clock out, the extra time will be counted as overtime and only the manager can amend it, but they cannot make it that you work less than what's on the rota. However, it is also a lot easier to amend the times on the same day as if you are trying to do it the next day you will need the details of the member of staff to do it, like their memorable word and so on. Also in our island store, you must have at least two employers working during the same hours as per company policy. It was my last day at the said store. My manager decided to let go of me because I didn't attend a shift due to being in the hospital and I was still on my probation, I was told that I still have to work the notice period which was two weeks. My manager, I call him Dan, had to create rotas two weeks in advance as per company policy. He can change the rotas up to the last Friday of the week, meaning he can change the next week's rota on Friday before, but not after. So Dan scheduled me on my last day on a 1700 hours to 2100 hours shift, when my usual shifts are 1600 hours to 2000 hours. I have asked him if this was correct both personally and in the team group chat and he confirmed it. Dan was also the type of those whiny managers who don't do anything but complain about everything and does not bother to train you or show you the ropes, so I kinda knew he made a mistake but decided not to mention it. Cue malicious compliance. Friday rolls on, I'm hungry so decided to have a late lunch before my shift starts. 
I'm putting the order through and notice Dan is trying to call me. I decline. I finish my order to feel that Dan is trying to call me again alongside a few texts received from him. I decide to reply. Dan, hey where are you? You are not at the store and it is already past 4 and we have one of the higher ups checking how things are going. Me, oh, I'm having lunch. I'm not scheduled till 5pm remember? Dan, well no, you are lying. Your shifts are always 4 till 8, I make sure of it. Get here. I can't stay as I have to try the food that will be served at my wedding and compose the menu. Me, oh sorry but I really can't. I have just ordered lunch and waiting for it to be ready and then I have to eat. I have asked you if the rota is correct and you said it is. But in case you don't believe me, I'll send you a screenshot and we'll see you at 5. I did send him a screenshot where I questioned my times and he confirmed they are correct, haven't heard from him till I got back to the store. At the store I see Dan talking to the higher up person. Dan notices me first, waves me over as soon as I sign in, and says he really needs to be somewhere else, he just needs to get to his office and get his coat. I nod and have a small talk with the higher up, who? H.U., oh it was so nice of Dan to cover the start of your shift as you were having a family emergency. He is such a good and caring manager. Me, family emergency? Not sure what you are on about, but my shift has just started as per rota. The higher up is confused. He asks to see the rota, so I gladly show him the pictures Dan has posted on the group chat. Then higher up turns to me and another member of staff and asks if one of us is a team leader and if not when we start. After finding out we are not team leaders and started less than 12 weeks ago, the higher up gets visibly angry. He stops Dan as he was on his way to leave and tells him he cannot leave the premises as it is against the company's policy to leave employers who haven't been with the company for 12 weeks unattended or to close up so he must stay, otherwise the company insurance is not valid and there will be a hefty fine. Dan has no option but to stay meaning he was missing the food tasting. He wanted to call his fiancé, however, the higher-up reminded him no phones during the shift and while on the store floor. So Dan couldn't even let his fiancé know who was texting him non-stop. While higher-up was there and while Dan was forced to do his job, I had a few more conversations with him and brought up all the things Dan failed to provide our training on alongside with lack of support and any progression meetings, so by 8 o'clock higher-up was pissed with Dan and was organizing a meeting with him and extra training for him which I don't think was paid as Dan had to do it outside work hours. He was also put on a close monitor for at least a month. As everyone was leaving at 8pm, I was slowly getting ready. Dan tried to hurry me up but I was mainly ignoring him. Dan, the store needs to be closed before 8.10, hurry up. Me, oh, but you scheduled me till 9pm today, I cannot leave before that as the system will not allow me to clock out. Dan, well you must leave as insurance does not cover us against theft or damage if there's someone else in the store after 8pm. We have to put the alarms on too. Me, sorry, but I really don't want to miss on any money. You have scheduled me till 9 so I will work till 9. Dan, what are you doing to do? You need to leave. Me, I can clean the display models and the island does look like it needs to be vacuumed. The higher up was having the best time in the world. He was still there enjoying the show since he saw that Dan put me till 9pm. At some point, he gets tired of our back and forth and told Dan to cover me till 9pm and stay in the store and then change the hours in the system that I finished at 9pm and I can go home. Dan has tried to argue but the higher up has pointed out that it was his mistake and if something happens in the store he will be the one responsible as he should have checked the rotas beforehand. Dan has no choice but to follow the orders. From what I have heard he left around 10pm that day as the system wouldn't allow him to log in. His fiancé also left him a few years later, I do not know the reason why.
But she took the house and the dog and saved money since she never married him. I have heard that Dan works as a personal growth coach, but is not very successful at it either. TLDR, I was dismissed because I had to be taken to the hospital on the day of my shift. After I noticed my manager made a mistake in the rota but he didn't own up for it. It resulted in him having a very long shift and missing the tasting session of the food he wanted to be served at the wedding. Sure, I'll leave the uniform the way it is and wear it at customer events. Story by Pave Alexander. I used to work as a pastry chef for a catering company in Siberia. It had a very outdated, provincial charm, like almost anything in Siberia. But that doesn't mean that my boss didn't sometimes desperately try to up his game and be modern and experimental. No, not with the food. At some point, he figured that it would be a good idea to send some chefs to the events and let them plate the food they made in front of the customers for entertainment. He also wanted to incorporate plating gimmicks like beetroot foam or some nitrogen tricks that had to be made on the spot so he needed us, chefs, there, not just servers. This meant that he introduced new uniforms that are supposed to be more elegant looking for customer events. When he got the new uniforms he gave them out to the chefs who were meant to go to the events and be seen by customers and I was one of them. Don't get me wrong, I love doing the catering at weddings and so on cause you can witness all the family drama without having to worry about your family or feeling embarrassed for anyone. It's like watching trash TV in real life. But the thing is, I am very tall, 199-66, and very thin, 55-120, and alter all my uniforms to make them fit me better. My boss came and gave me the uniform. I asked if I should try it on and he said no time for that, just try it on at home and wear it to the event. He said he gave me the biggest size so it has to fit. I could already see that the chef pants had a thin material and the legs were super wide but didn't look that long. I asked my boss if I could alter them to fit better and he got pissed and said it's company property and I can't alter them because someone else has to wear them. I go home and lo and behold, the pants are so wide they will barely stay on my body but end way above the ankles and the chef jacket is also too short. I figured that I could use a safety pin to make the elastic waistband a bit tight and then pull the pants up to my belly button and then the chef jacket will cover everything, apart from a part of my heavily tattooed lower arms. Okay, maybe I can wrap a towel and no one will notice. And for my legs, maybe I can wear boots that are a bit high cause since we are not actually really cooking or in the kitchen I may not have to wear safety shoes. The next day at work we prepare the van for the location. My boss won't join so before we go I tell him about my plan to make the uniform work for me. To be fair my boss's stressed cause is always everything was an uncoordinated mess. He just started yelling at me that safety pins damage the fabric and it's a safety hazard, why is it called safety pin then? and that I have to wear safety shoes and that this is professional chef attire and we should all look the same cause we appear as a brand and that it's not about my fashion choices. Okay, fine. I'll comply. I go to the event, and put on my new uniform in the changing room. The chef jacket sleeves end in the middle of my forearms. It does not cover my belly causing the pants to sit dangerously low on my hips because that's the furthest point they can slide down to. Basically, I look like a mixture between a chef and an early 2000s pop star with their low-rise jeans. I looked like I was one wrong move away from accidentally flashing someone. And for my legs? I decided that I can cover my legs by wearing Christmas stockings. Yes, very obnoxious ones with grinning Santa and ornaments and whatnot. They were sticking out from my safety shoes. The boss didn't say anything about socks so I guess it's fine. I go out, and do the job but I'm kind of preoccupied with keeping my pants where they are meant to be. And guess what? Guests actually complained about how I was dressed. The next day after the event, my boss surely heard about it, boss called me over and got mad at me for not dressing how he told me to. 
I said but I did, you wanted me to wear the uniform that does not fit at all and you didn't want me to do anything about it, he said, I want you to figure out a way to wear the uniform without showing your belly and without damaging the uniform. Okay say no more. What if I just wore one leg of the pants, like a skirt? I can tie the other leg around me and it would cover my belly and not damage the pants. So that's what I did to the next event. Did I have much leg room to move in? No. I walked up and down the display in tiny steps, like some cartoon grandma. Of course, my boss wasn't happy with that either. He was so mad at me but I kept saying give me a solution then and he just couldn't give me one. He was super annoyed and told me that it's not hard to figure this out. I said, I'm a chef and not a fashion designer, and if it's not hard to figure out then give me a solution because I did what I could, and if you don't want me to do what I can then tell me what to do about it, he yelled at me that I should know what's appropriate and what isn't and I shouldn't play dumb so I said maybe I'm actually dumb though and left. Just so you know, I was not scared of getting fired because I was confident in the work that I was doing and my boss would have been insane to fire me over a uniform when we were already understaffed. So it was just satisfying that he had to put up with my stupidity regarding that. But honestly, what could I have done? If it doesn't fit then it doesn't fit. I ended up being allowed to alter it, but only to make the waistband smaller without cutting it by sewing a loop together. As for the chef jacket, they got me a bigger one which wasn't the same brand as the others and had a different button color but they made me change the buttons. Thank you for tuning in to listen to these stories, and I hope to see you on the next one. Till then, have an amazing day.